I'd like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton. I will be your host and your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh and our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. <clears throat> Excuse me. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The president of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Edward Ewell. The vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. And the dean is Dr. Marvin Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many, but we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in either dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, <coughs> excuse me, is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son. 
a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given into salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent questions we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of, I'm sorry, the pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. 
At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. April Lewis, followed by scripture, which will be 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, read by Dr. Paula Brown. Good evening, class. Let us bow our hearts and minds for the time of the prayer. Heavenly Father Yahweh, we want to thank you for allowing us to be present tonight. We want to thank you for choosing us to be sons and giving us an understanding of your purpose, your pattern, and your plan. We ask that you just continue to be with us and just to continue to show us that you are truly real and that you are the only Savior. We thank you for everything that you've done for us and we just, we love you. We ask all these blessings in your name, um, Yahweh, through your son, Yahshua. Hallelujah. 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 Good evening. Today's scripture lesson will be 2 Thessalonians, second chapter. I'll be reading out of the Holy Name Bible, uh, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testament. That's 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of the Messiah is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called Elohim, or that is worshipped, so that he as the Almighty seated in the temple of Yahweh, showing himself that he is the mighty one. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now restraineth will restrain until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom Yahshua shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan and all power and signs and liar wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, Yahweh shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be judged who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to Yahweh for you, brethren, beloved of him, because he hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our evangel to the obtaining of the gospel of our savior, Yahshua the Messiah 
Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by, or excuse me, or our epistle. Now our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah himself, and Yahweh, even our Father, which have loved us and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. That was 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Brown, for the scripture and Dr. April Lewis for the prayer. And we want to once again welcome everyone out to our Zoom session tonight. Tonight is our green chart day. And today we will be um, exploring childbirth by the pattern. Um, before we start, I just want to welcome all our visiting brethren that are visiting with us from other classes and to let you know that we always enjoy your presence and we do appreciate your participation. So at this time, um, I will turn it over to Dr. Lauren Lewis, who will be doing our presentation on the green chart. Dr. Lewis. I'd like to say good evening to the class. Good evening. And uh, I am <clears throat> very happy uh, that Yahweh has allowed um, us to join together to learn more of his um, purpose, pattern, and plan as he really is and actually exists. And um, I want to start off by saying that um, this, this school or this teaching is a product of a divine vision and revelation that was given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. Um, and <clears throat> just as it was mentioned and gone over in our Sunday, Sunday lecture, in-person lecture, um, that Yahweh, whom the world ignorantly calls God, uh, Lord God, Jesus Christ, the creator, <clears throat> has always revealed himself to man in visions and revelations. Um, I'm so sorry. I know I gave you guys some stuff and um, I'm just going to go the way that Yahweh um, has me to go. So right. let me okay. get uh, first, uh, excuse me, let me get um, John 14 and 26. Okay. And then let me also get the, if the other reader can get the vision scriptures, uh, Proverbs, um, numbers, you can get a couple of those um, and hold that for me as well. It's John. John. Go ahead, Dr. Brown, go ahead. You want 14 26? Yes, please. John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, shall. Now, if you're reading, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt a little bit. If you're reading out of the King James Version of the Bible, this is written in red letters. Now it's saying, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, read on. Whom the Father will send in my name shall teach Whom you. Whom the Father, Yahweh, that's what we learn in this school, is that the true name, if I can get the name chart, of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. That is his true name. Whom the Father Yahweh, he's going to send this comforter who is the Holy Spirit in a name. Read on. Shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, 
not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You want me to continue? Hello? I lost her. Hold on one second. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Can you, okay. you guys hear me? Okay. Yes, I'm we can mute. now. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why you couldn't hear me. Okay, get some mute and unmute. It's very important. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could just read, but the comforter give for me the 26th verse again, please. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. All right. So now the comforter, <clears throat> who Yahweh the Father is going to send in the name, he sent that comforter in the name of Yahshua the Messiah whom the world erroneously calls <clears throat> Jesus Christ. This is the name of the comforter who is the Holy Spirit, who is also the teacher. Now, the reason why I got that scripture is that it is nothing that we, any speaker that you have that gets and expounds anything unto you about Yahweh, it is nothing that they have gained on their own. It is nothing that they have come up with on their own, but it is truly the Holy Spirit which is Yahshua, who is the teacher. So if you can go over and get for me um, a couple of the vision scriptures, please. Mm -hmm. That's Proverbs 29 and 18. Mm -hmm. For there is no prophetic vision, the people perish. All right. Now this is over here in Proverbs. Mm -hmm. Now I just said that this school or this, this teaching is a result of a divine vision and revelation that was given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the year of 1931. And I told you that that's how Yahweh has always talked or dealt with mankind in visions and revelations. So over here in Proverbs, you say, without a prophetic vision, that's a vision that's been prophesied, the people perish. Read on. Mm -hmm. Happy is he, sorry, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Mm -hmm. Now go over and read for me in Numbers, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Numbers 12 and 6. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Now, this is Yahweh saying again, if there's a prophet among you going to tell you anything about the creator, I'm speaking unto him in a vision and showing it to him in a dream. <clears throat> so he's giving him a vision and a revelation. Or that vision, they're seeing something, and the revelation is the understanding of what he's showing them. That's how Yahweh has always operated. <clears throat> so if you can go back to uh, the Moses chart for me, please. All right. Also in this school, we learn by this vision is that Yahweh <clears throat> is, or Elohim is, the archetype. If you can go to the top of that uh, chart. The archetype, which means original pattern of the universe. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? Because everything, seen and unseen, animate and inanimate, is made after the pattern of Yahweh Elohim. Everything goes according to his threefold makeup. That's very important to keep in mind. If you can recite for me, moderator, uh, the portion in the moderation mm -hmm. uh, at the end in this school we show proof mm -hmm. in this school we show proof 
that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Right, now show me the tabernacle pattern chart, please. <clears throat> now in the moderation in this portion she just recited, she says, in this school we show proof. Now right here you see on this chart, the tabernacle pattern is on your left-hand side. This is the pattern that was constructed out in the wilderness Sinai after Yahweh delivered the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by a mighty hand. He told them to meet him at the mount. They had to clean up, meet there after three days, and he was going to rain down a law. He rained down the law. They said all that Yahweh said will we do, and he married the people back there at that mount. And it came into a covenant with them, a binding agreement, all right? Then he had Moses go up in that mount, and he showed him you know, the accounts of the days of creation. And the other 33 days that he was up there, making the 40 days that he was in that mount, was going over this tabernacle pattern. This pattern <clears throat> that Yahweh had them construct in the wilderness of Sinai had a most holy place, a holy place, and the court round about, representing the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, or Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, death, burial, resurrection, blood, water, spirit. These three are one, showing the threefold nature of everything that is made in this earth plane. Everything it goes according to this pattern which is truly Yahweh Elohim, who is the archetype, original pattern of the universe. So this pattern that was erected in the wilderness of Sinai was a tangible sanctuary. And I believe there's a scripture somewhere that talks about that it was, um, maybe I'm confusing. Isn't there something that talks about that this was um, representation of something spiritual or am I thinking about um, these were our examples. I might be, I might could be confusing things. But this physical tabernacle is a representation, excuse me, of Yahweh Elohim spiritual, who is the pattern. This is just a physical representation of what his pattern is. They erected out here in the wilderness of Sinai. Then on the right side of this chart, you see where it says man by the pattern. How the man, which is you and I, our physical body goes according to this pattern. Remember, Yahweh Elohim is the archetype original pattern. He's the creator. Everything is patterned after his makeup. <clears throat> so we say in this school, if you can recite that one more time for me, moderator. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of the threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Please also get from me Romans 1, 19 and 20. Romans 1, 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest. Now, wait a minute. 
It says over here in Romans 1 and 19, if you're reading out of the King James Version, that which may be known of God. So right there, it tells you that there's something that can be known of Yahweh if he really is and actually exists. So that which may be known of Yahweh, read on. Is manifest in them, for Yahweh right. has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature, so that they are without excuse. All right, let's slow that down. I want to break that up. Now it says, from that which may be known of Yahweh is manifested in them. It says what? The invisible things, pick it up there, please. For the invisible things of him. Yahweh is spirit. We cannot understand him in his pure spirit state. It is foreign to us and our limited five senses. It's abstract. So Yahweh is spirit or invisible. So the invisible things of Yahweh or him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now, how do you see invisible things clearly? Read on. Being understood by the things that are made. There you go. So now Yahweh made a creation. So for you to understand something spiritual, invisible things of him, he says, take that which he made, because it has to go according to the pattern, which is him, to understand those visible spiritual things. So what did he make? This creation, the birds, the bees, you and I. You see? So now if you can also grab for me volume three of our textbook, page 23, the second paragraph, uh, third sentence beginning at therefore. Okay, that's volume three, page 23, second paragraph. Therefore, the whole process of human reproduction is vital to the purpose of Yahweh for it sets up a type and shadow of the spiritual reproduction or rebirth. And furthermore, there is contained in this process of reproduction all the divine wisdom and knowledge and intelligence that one could desire, that is, if one is able to understand it. Just a second. Mm -hmm. Now, that first sentence says, the whole process of human reproduction is vital to the purpose of Yahweh. We have, must remember, yes, we have all these scientific things where everything goes according to the pattern of Yahweh. It's going to prove the existence of Yahweh. But the ultimate um, reality of the matter is Yahshua, the Messiah. That's right. You know, we can talk about a butterfly. We can talk about childbirth. We can talk about the threefold makeup of man. But if it does not go in ultimate reality, end up in us concluding in Yahshua the Messiah, that's where we have to see the final point. It's in Yahshua the Messiah. So it's saying here, therefore, the whole process of human reproduction is vital to the purpose of Yahweh because it's showing you the spiritual that's the point. That's the reality. We think the physical is the reality. It's the spiritual reproduction or rebirth. Read on. 
Yes, it is rather it is rather ironic to see how man has in past generations played down the matter of sex education and a knowledge of our reproductive organs, wherein Yahweh has hidden therein the mystery of his purpose and plan as he has done in all of his creation. Now look at that. Mm -hmm. There's something as what we think is so simple as sex education. It says that this is where Yahweh has hidden therein the mystery of his purpose in the creation, in the sex education, in the makeup of man, in a flower, in the stuff, all because it's going according to the pattern, which is him. All right. So what we're going to uh, supposed to what I'm supposed to cover today is childbirth, and I, I kind of pondered on this of how do we go in and do this and. Yahweh really showed me is that this is an, un, I don't know if this is a word, an unexhaustible topic. We're never going to be able to exhaust all of Yahweh. That's right. What I am not able to cover, another speaker gets up and covers. <clears throat> this is not something that I learned on my own. And Yahshua always told me too, don't take anxious thought. You know, you want to prepare, you study. You, he says, study to show yourself approved. But don't take anxious thought of what you're going to say, because he is the Holy Spirit that's teacher. Right. He speaks through you. He has put it in you. And we're going to talk about that. And we see, we're going to see that representation in this uh, childbirth and pregnancy. See, he puts it in you. You know, when a woman is first pregnant, she may not know that. Don't make her any less pregnant, though. It's in there. And it's taking on shape. And it's taking on form and it's growing in you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. <clears throat> so it's not just ours. It's not something that we learned on our own, but it's a gift of Yahweh, a gift of, of this understanding that he has given us. <clears throat> Excuse me. So over here in childbirth, we have to be able to see Yahweh's purpose, pattern and plan right within this childbirth. So if you can go to that document that I uh, sent you, Felicia, mm -hmm. the... Um, So um, where do we start? How do we start? And Yahweh says, you know, you, you guess you can talk a little bit about the conception part of it. There's a couple little points out that I want to talk. And, and Dr. Hamilton, I'm going to have you kind of go between this and the tabernacle um, mm -hmm. pattern chart. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I apologize in advance. That's okay. Get it okay. set for you. Mm -hmm. As we had mentioned, everything goes according to this pattern. Mm -hmm. So if you can uh, actually show that chart again, I want to go through a couple of the, the steps in it. Mm. In this tabernacle pattern, if you can zoom in, mm. on the left-hand side, you'll see that there are steps that are in this pattern. There are mm. seven steps. Mm -hmm. So if you go down to the bottom, I believe that the first step, I have to look at it, <laughs> mm -hmm. is the gate. You see that second step, I believe, being the altar. That's right. Your third step being the labor, and that fourth step being the door. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now there's so much you can't exhaust it all. You know, I kind of do want to try to touch on everything, but you you can't teach it all. You mm -hmm. know, that's why we have multiple uh, 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 ministers that get up and are able to expound, but there's only one teacher, and that's Joshua. So right there is step four. That's the door. That was the entrance into the holy place or the sanctuary. If you correlate that fourth step 
to the fourth step in your physical body, that will correlate to what is called your diaphragm in your body, which another word for diaphragm is door. Now, these things are not happenstance. I just want to bring that out or why they're pointing out this way. They're falling this way because it's going according to a pattern. Yahweh is the pattern. So the fifth step is the whole sanctuary or that holy place. In that holy place, you had your golden lamp, seven branch lampstand, your golden altar of incense, and your golden table of showbread. Okay? The table of showbread is uh, sustenance to the high priest uh, where he ate from. That lampstand lit the sanctuary. They lit it at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and they extinguished it at 9 in the morning. There can never be any darkness in that sanctuary. And that altar of incense was that mediator between the most holy place and that court roundabout because they had burning sacrifices going down there. So that incense was that mediator between that most holy place and that court roundabout. All of that going right on in the holy place. That table of shoe bread had 12 loaves of bread on it, 12 loaves of bread, excuse me, on it which correlates to your heart, which pints about 12 pints of blood. Your heart also has a fatty golden tissue that goes around the heart called the corona. On that table of shoe bread, it had a golden crown that went around it. Then you had that seven branch lampstand that had seven branches and it was golden. That is likened to your seven, seven branch aorta. And it has a flickering effect from when the blood flows through it. Just like that lampstand, whenever you light a candle, I have a candle lit now, and the, it's flickering, okay? Look at the principles. Then you have that golden altar of incense that has four main ingredients that made up that incense. That correlates to your lungs. It has four main ingredients that make up your air, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, and carbon dioxide. There were four ingredients that made back that incense, okay? These are correlations. They're principles showing you how that everything, even your physical body, goes according to this tabernacle pattern. So that whole holy place, sanctuary, is the fifth step. The sixth step is that, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, second veil, all right? And then the seventh step is the whole uh, most holy place, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay, so I want to go through the steps on that because it's going to correlate to something very important. So if you can go back to that document uh, for me, Dr. Hamilton. One second, Dr. Lewis. No problem. Grab it for you. Second, I gotta do a different chair. Hold on. Okay. Can you see it? Yep. Perfect. All right. If you can go on down now, it just is, this is, we're not gonna go through each um, area. So this is just going through what conception from egg to embryo and how conception works. If you can go on down to the area of uh, fertilization when the uh, sperm penetrates the egg. Mm 
All right, so right here, it says fertilization sperm penetrates the egg. It takes about 24 hours for a sperm cell to fertilize the egg. When the sperm penetrates the egg, the surface of the egg changes so that no other sperm can enter. Now, I thought that this was very interesting. It reminds me of <clears throat> thinking of with the Holy Spirit, okay? So now over there in Matthew 12 and 44, talks about that house over there that was swept and garnished, all right? And when they saw it was swept and garnished, he got many more and came and broke back in, and the second state of the man was worse than the first. Now, this is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Is this not correct? That's right. You know what I'm talking about over there? Mm -hmm. Right? So now after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what happens to man? I'm sorry, I just paraphrased that scripture. If you want to grab it real quick, that's Matthew 20, 12 and 44. We can read it. That's Matthew 12 and 44. Then mm -hmm. he says, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even now, that house, was, was, that house was swept and guarded. But right. see, this is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, so it wasn't filled with anything, right? So they come back in, they break in, and the, the second state of the man is worse than the first state. Now, if you go over there in Ephesians 1 and 13, now this is after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you might need to pick it up uh, maybe a little bit before, before 13, just to kind of get the train of thought, maybe 11 or 12. Um, Ephesians let's see. 1. Oh, awesome. Okay, let's, let's go to 10. That's Ephesians 1 and 10. Okay. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both mm -hmm. which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in mm -hmm. him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, whom, excuse me, purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Yahshua, and whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now it's saying we trusted in Yahshua, after we heard the word of truth, this is the gospel of our salvation, read on. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, listen, you were sealed after you believed, you heard it, you believed it, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This is after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So now when Yahweh uh, puts that Holy Spirit in you, you're sealed. Nothing can get in and nothing can get out. Lock it into this pregnancy or this fertilization. When the sperm enters that egg, it says there is a special, the egg changes, the surface changes. Now look at what pregnancy represents, like in being pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That transformation is taking on. You see, like I mentioned before, the woman doesn't know right away that she's pregnant, doesn't make her any less pregnant. The change is still happening. It's just transitioning. It's taking on shape and form. It's growing 
right within the woman. So the surface of that egg changes so that no other sperm can enter or nothing can enter in and nothing can get out. See, he's filling it. So now that's why you see over there before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it wasn't sealed, so they were able to come in and break in. After the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when he's given the Holy Spirit, now it's in the man forever. It's, what you, it's not coming out of you. Nothing's coming in and nothing's going out. <clears throat> now you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. If you can also move down for me a little bit, um, Dr. Hamilton, uh, to the baby development. Okay. All right, so here at this baby development area, it says after the egg attaches to the uterus, some cells become the placenta while others become the embryo. The heart begins beating during week five. Now, I'm telling you, Yahweh is awesome. When I was reading this, I'm like, this is just amazing. Week five, it says the heart, if you go back to that tabernacle pattern for me, please. I'm sorry, Dr. Hamilton, uh, but I just think Don't it's you important apologize. It's okay. <laughs> to look at these principles. Mm. Now, I just mentioned step five in this whole in this pattern is the sanctuary of the whole holy place. Mm -hmm. What do we have in this sanctuary? Mm -hmm. We have the seven branch lampstand. We have the golden altar incense, and we have that uh, golden table of showbread. Remember. Specifically, that golden table of showbread correlates to your physical heart. Twelve bread loaves of bread, we pipe twelve pipes of blood. So now here, in the uh, with the baby, with the embryo, the actual heart, which is manifested or represented in the fifth step of the tabernacle, mm -hmm. Begins beating during week five. Now, why week five? It's the fifth step. Mm. It has to go according to the pattern. Mm. The brain, the spinal cord, heart, and other organs are beginning to form. Now, let's take the brain. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you look at that pattern, at your seventh step is the most holy place, right? Mm hmm. If you correlate it to your physical body, mm -hmm. that seventh step would be your head cavity region, right? Mm -hmm. Guess what week the brain starts to develop in the embryo? Mm -hmm. Seven? The seventh week. Everything must go according to the pattern. It goes according to the original pattern, which is Yahweh Elohim. This is not coincidence. That's why he says you take the natural physical thing to understand something spiritual. Okay? So out here, this tabernacle pattern, that they erected a physical um, structure in the wilderness of Sinai after Yahweh brought the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt. <clears throat> when he brought them up out of the land of Egypt, Yahweh gave them a law. They, they built this tabernacle pattern out there in the wilderness of Sinai. By this vision, we understand how long does it take to construct that tabernacle pattern. A woman's pregnancy is 40 weeks or 10 lunar months. 
This tabernacle pattern was in construction for 40 weeks. You see? Goes according to the pattern. Everything must go according to the pattern. So if you can also go and get for me over in... And one more of the other thing I want to mention is a woman's pregnancy goes according to three trimesters. Why does it have to be three trimesters? The first trimester is fully working with the child's development. It's growing, it's getting the developing the heart, the lungs, all that. Second trimester is starting to go further into those developments where they start to become fully formed. The lungs become fully developed. The brain becomes fully developed. And the last trimester is when the child is gaining most of its weight so it can be delivered. Now, in the process of the childbirth and being delivered, Yahweh, through his purpose, Manifested in the flesh as salvation as Yahshua the Messiah. Yahshua's mission was to come in and redeem us and save us from that fall all the way from Adam. He was going to fulfill everything that was in the law and in the prophets concerning him. And he was going to fulfill it, which means finish it, conclude it, or bring it to the end. Accomplish, satisfy the requirements of. Not with what the world teaches out there to institute, but he was going to end all those things that were written in the law and in the prophets. Okay? So now, Yahweh, also, can you get for me um, the uh, scriptures on the fulfill? I believe I have, um, what did I have listed? You have Matthew 3 13, 5 17, and Luke 24 44. Uh, and what scripture, wasn't there a scripture before then? First uh, Corinthians 6.19. Yes, please get First Corinthians 6.19 first. First Corinthians. Go ahead, Dr. Phillips. I'm Dr. Brown, thank you. First Corinthians 6.19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which so is we in, out in the We thought out in the world that the Holy Spirit abides in a church, you see? But over here in 1 Corinthians, it's saying, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Read on. Which is in you, which mm -hmm. ye have a Yahweh, and ye are not your own. Right, read on. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify Yahweh in your body and in your spirit, which are his. Right. All right, so your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. All right, now go over and get for me Matthew 3, 13, 5, 17, and Luke 24 and 44. Matthew 3, 13. Then cometh Yahshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be immersed of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be immersed of thee, and comest thou to me? And Yahshua answering said unto him, Permitted to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. Mm -hmm. so now he's saying now here, he says, suffer to be so now. Coming to be baptized is for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. So he's doing that water baptism back there to fulfill, to end it, to bring it to an end, to satisfy the requirements of. Because there's nothing, he had to be the one to do it. 
to be able to completely satisfy the requirement. All right, go over to 517. That's Matthew 517. Think mm -hmm. not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He's saying it again. I'm not coming to destroy, but to fulfill. It's not that I'm coming to destroy the law of prophets. That's what they accused them of. I'm not doing that. He's saying I'm coming to fulfill it, bring it to the end, satisfy the requirements of, to finish it, to complete it. All right, read on uh, Luke 24, 44. That's Luke 24, 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So he's saying it again, all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Now, I brought all those out is because what Yahweh is doing is fulfilling, and he has fulfilled everything. He even fulfilled these carnal ordinances, if you can show that carnal ordinance chart, which most people in Christianity in the world is still doing to this day. Ceremonies, circumcisions, baptisms, Lord's Supper, sacrifices, Ten Commandment laws. This is the same law that was given to them. I talked about that in the beginning. When they came up out of the land of Egypt, Yahweh spoke down law to them. You see, this Ten Commandment law that everyone wants to reference in the, in, in, out in the world or Christianity was not just ten laws. It had 603 other ordinances that went along with it. You see? Now you see that scroll at the top and the bottom? It was a list. It was a whole long list. You see? It wasn't just the Ten Commandments. So those cardinal ordinances, Yahshua the Messiah, even fulfilled cardinal ordinances and showed that representation right through the physical childbirth. So if you can go and get for me out of the textbook, uh, page seven, volume three, I want to cover a little bit. And like I mentioned before, I can't exhaust it all. So hopefully the next speaker that comes up can tie it up even more, show even more correlation of this physical childbirth, how Yahshua's gospel testifies to that, how his pattern shows, or shows forth his pattern in everything. We'll be able to see all these principles in multiple ways. It's not just one way that we're able to see it because it's going to be shown in everything that Yahweh has created, all right? Um, I think it's page 70, right? Yeah, yes, page seven. Okay, let's see. It is the conception. And I outline. Actually, let's start. System and all its past there. Oh, this I gotta look at this part. Okay, that's page 45. Okay, so I, um, I, for the sake of time, I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to really start all the way at the um, the beginning. Um, but it, you can. You can start at the beginning if you could just read. That was really the third paragraph. Mm -hmm. that okay. This is volume three, page 70. The fulfillment mm -hmm. of cardinal ordinances and a physical birth. We have constantly reiterated throughout this book that all cardinal ordinances were fulfilled by Yahshua the Messiah, and that he is the end of the law for righteousness 
to everyone that believeth. Now, Yahshua, that is Romans, I believe, 10 and 14, I believe. Or 14 and 10. 10 and 4, I'm sorry. Right. That's right, 10 and 4. <laughs> Forgot about that. That's Romans 10 and 4. It says that Yahweh is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. See, we can never have uh, uh, satisfied or, or, or worked upon our own righteousness. It was always set up for a savior to have to come in and die. That whole situation back there with Adam, Yahweh set that up from the beginning, that the man was going to die in his conscience, that he was going to uh, break the spoken word of Yahweh, the law. And when you do that, that sin, and sin, the wages of that is death. So the man fell all the way back there in the garden. <clears throat> and it had to have a savior come in and pick the man back up where he fell. There's nothing we could do to work upon our salvation. The Messiah had to come in and die for our sins for us to be saved. So that's why he is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes it. You believe that Yahshua the Messiah did the work right within you. But this is how tight it is. Yahshua also accomplished this work right here, right through physical childbirth. So you, you, you are actually speaking to even this law in physical childbirth. Read on. Mm -hmm. We are saved by grace through faith in Yahshua mm -hmm. the Messiah and not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Yes, we know that James wrote that faith without works is dead. But Yahshua said, this is the work that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Who is Yahshua the Messiah? That's mm -hmm. right. That's what the vision does, give you a true understanding. He says, Yes, James says that, you know, works without faith is dead. He says, But Yahshua said, This is what the work is. So we thought it was something physical pay out your pocket, pay, 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 pay. He says, But the work is that you believe on him whom Yahweh sent, which is Yahshua the Messiah. Read on. Yahshua mm -hmm. came into the world to fulfill the law and the prophecy and to die for the sins of the world. This offering of himself for the sins of the world is adequate, <clears throat> excuse me, adequate atonement to Yahweh for us and through Listen, his blood. Do you, do you mm -hmm. know how blasphemous it is to say that, and I, I just had a friend the other day, Jesus is my savior, but I must pay my tithes, do water baptism and all mm. this but I know he died for me mm. you're saying that what he did was not good enough mm. here it's saying the offering of himself what Joshua did dying on that cross for our sins he mm. did it for the whole world That's that right. Right. Not that concept out there that, oh, just did it for who we say is Christians or Baptists or this Methodist or you're Muslim or you're this. Right. He did it for the whole world and it was an adequate atonement. What does that mean? It don't mm, need no sufficient. other sin on it. That's right. That's right. It's sufficient. It mm -hmm. don't need your extra help. Read mm -hmm. mm -hmm. on. Mm. Adequate atonement to Yahweh for us, and through his blood, we are cleansed from all sin. Through his blood. Mm -hmm. Not through your pain, not through your ceremonies, not through your work, mm -hmm. what you think is a work, not through your outward piousness. 
but it's through his blood. Read on. Our redemption is complete in Yahshua the Messiah, and there is no need to engage in a work other than believing that he was crucified, buried, raised from the dead, and ascended to heaven to appear in the presence of Yahweh for us. And having made, having made the atonement for us, he has poured out his spirit on us, which sanctifies us in the eyes of Yahweh, the Father. Sanctifies us, separates, mm -hmm. sets us apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what separates us from anyone else. It ain't that Lauren's special or Felicia's right. special, That's right. but it's his blood, his Holy Spirit, which he's poured in you that sanctifies and separates you in the eyes of Yahweh from everything else. That's right. Read on. And keeps us steadfast until the day of our glorification. Listen, that's why it says over there, he's the teacher. And then he brings it back to our remembrance when we forget. See, he has to keep us steadfast. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Even if he has to keep you that way. Mm. That's why it's important. When he pours out the Holy Spirit, now he's filling you. You see? That's the only way that you're kept that way. You can't do it on your own. Read on. Mm -hmm. Therefore, by the Holy Spirit, which he has given us and is our witness, we have boldness and confidence to await with patience the great recompense of reward, which he has prepared for us. Now, listen, this is the Holy Spirit we're talking about. Now, remember, we recorded, we brought the, they brought the poor lady to this childbirth. So then this Holy Spirit is being formed in you. Remember what I said? It's taking on shape and form right within you. It's growing. You know, what you used to be, you ain't anymore. How you used to do, you don't do anymore. You see? Think of that pregnancy in that woman is taking on shape and form. What is that mother doing as she is pregnant with that child going through that 40 weeks? Isn't she preparing? Isn't she awaiting with patience this great recompense of reward? What is it? It's that baby. That's the great gift that's coming. She's waiting patiently for She's not sitting up here like, oh, uh, I think I, I want him to come out at 35 weeks. Every real mother out there you know says, I want you to take me to 40 weeks because they know that that 40 weeks that child is developed. You stay in there and, and at funny. the end, a woman is really ready. <laughs> I've been there. Anyone who's been pregnant, you like, look, it, take it out of me now. But you're not saying it really, take it out of me now. You right. want that baby to bake <laughs> for 40 weeks so that it is fully developed. So you wait patiently for that gift. You see, you're waiting patiently. That's why it says in there, we wait patiently for the Holy Spirit. And that great reward that Yahweh has given and he is prepared right. for us. Read on. Although we know that others who do not believe as we do will persecute us shamefully. Right, read on. Since, mm -hmm, since Yahshua fulfilled all cardinal ordinances and nailed them to his cross, there should be some visible evidence of this in our physical bodies if one is to understand the invisible things by looking at and examining the visible things. Remember? We just, we started off with Romans mm -hmm. 1, 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. Take the natural things to understand the spiritual things. He said, we can see invisible things clearly. That sounds like an oxymoron. Right. He told us how. You take those natural, physical things to show something spiritual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Read on. 
our being complete in Yahshua the Messiah represents a new birth, a resurrection, a pulling off of the old and putting on of the new. Right. If such is true of a new or spiritual birth, then one would expect to find that a physical birth would display the fulfillment of cardinal ordinances in its makeup. Are the cardinal ordinances of circumcision, ceremonies, water baptisms, Lord's suppers, physical sacrifices, and the Ten Commandment law written on the tables of stone visibly fulfilled or carried out in the process of physical birth? Let us see if they are. Mm -hmm. Circumcision. This cardinal ordinance was performed by a removal or cutting away of the skin, which covered the head of the male sex organ. The penis. Now, mm. it's talking about circumcision. This is up here mm. under the Ten Commandment mm. law back here. Mm. Now, what they had to do down here with the circumcision is on the eighth day, if I'm not mistaken, mm. after a child was born, they would have to be, it was a male child, but have to be circumcised, which is the cutting away of the foreskin of the male's uh, sexual order, organ or the penis. Okay? So now we are coming to learn by this vision that Yahweh <clears throat> has fulfilled all of these cardinal ordinances. Okay? Spiritually, how did he do that? Fulfill that. So a spiritual cutting away that we have to have it's of the carnal concepts and opinions that we had of our creator that were erroneous and incorrect. That's a surgical operation that Yahweh's doing spiritually. He's cutting away that old thought process or that old foreskin of the head, of your head, of your conscious, your spiritual mental state. That's where he's cutting away of. And it's a surgical silent operation done without hands. So that physical circumcision there that they had back there under that law points to the spiritual circumcision, which is the cutting way of all that erroneous and carnal uh, thoughts and ideas and concepts that we had about Yahweh that were incorrect. Mm -hmm. That has to be cut away and removed, okay? So when they were back there doing circumcision, they had to do it on the eighth day after the child was born. Well, Yahweh set this law up in a way. This law was contrary to them. It was shown that they needed a savior to come in and do it. So if the child was born on a Friday, eight days later would be Saturday, which was the Sabbath. So either you broke the law of the Sabbath, which was no work, or you broke the law of circumcision. So Yahweh, that's why he put it in that way in the law to show that the only one who could really fulfill that law to satisfy that law is Yahshua the Messiah. So this circumcision that they had back here, if you read on uh, right where you left off. It was supposed to be performed upon all males of Jewish extraction when they were eight days old. Mm -hmm. It was begun with Abraham and continued with Moses. Also, all Gentiles who accepted the Jewish faith were to be circumcised too. This procedure represented a cleaning up or purging as the male organ from a hygienic standpoint was cleaner after it's performed. Right. The fetus in the womb is also covered by a membrane. 
fetal membranes, which are removed at birth. This membrane covers the entire fetus, including the head, when the actual process of birthing begins, this membrane is ruptured and the head of the fetus or the infant is freed from it as well as the whole body. This removing of the fetal membrane is attended by a show of blood. Right. Actually, one can say then that the infant is circumcised as he is born into the world. Remember, it's the cutting away That's right. for showing you the principle through childbirth, when that membrane ruptures and is removed off of the entire child or the fetus, <clears throat> you see, it's likened unto that circumcision that they did with the male sexual organ. Mm -hmm. And that's the picture of it. That's the, right there. The baby is in the amniotic sac. And times when a baby is it's a very rare time that a child is born and that sac is still intact. They call it the call. C-A-U-L. Okay? <clears throat> Read on. Okay, the, uh, the true circumcision, oh, I'm sorry, I was up here. This removing of the fetal membrane is attended by a show of blood virtually, excuse me, blood. Virtually, one can say then that the infant is circumcised as he is born into the world. Please note too that this circumcision is not done with hands as in the regular circumcision. It is representative thereof of a spiritual circumcision which is also done without hands. Right. So remember what I said, when Yahweh's removing all that carnal stuff and that erroneous stuff from your head, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? That is an invisible operation. He's the surgeon. You mm -hmm. don't see anyone in there. See, there wasn't anyone in there mm -hmm. <laughs> inside mm -hmm. the mother's womb forming the child. That's an invisible operation that's happening by spirit law. You see what I'm saying? So now it's a representation or the true reality is that spiritual circumstances, which is also done without hands. Read on. Mm -hmm. Paul states it thusly, in whom Yahshua also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Yahshua the Messiah. True circumcision is of the heart or in the spirit. That's right. Read on. Ceremonies. The Israelites were given many ceremonies to perform under the old Mosaic law. They mm -hmm. performed these ceremonies with an attitude of divine reverence. That is, by bowing the head, kneeling, having the arms folded, etc. These attitudes bespoke of the humility of their hearts and the mm -hmm. sincerity of their desires that Yahweh Elohim would accept their offerings and their services. Witness the attitude of the fetus in the womb of its mother. It also, <clears throat> excuse me, it also has its head bowed, its arms are folded across its chest and its mm -hmm. knees are flexed as a kneeling. And yeah. it is virtually upside down in its humility or humbleness as if giving the greatest amount of reverence to its maker, Elohim. Specifically, when it's in transition to be born. That's right. You think of that. That's what it says. We're going to be born of the Holy Spirit. So specifically, when it's in transition to be born, it's showing that side of humility. In so much that if your child is not head down, they call that what a breach. Mm -hmm. 
and they do everything in their power to flip that baby prior to it being delivered. And if they can't do it, that's when they go in and they'll do that cesarean. This is a good picture. See, that head is down. Got to come out here first. The arms are crossed. The knees are bent. You see? Waiting to be delivered has to be in that humility state. And that's what's so interesting about that breach. When they see that the baby is in time, if you ever watch the baby story or anything, you've seen childbirth, they're aggressive and trying to get that because yes. what happens in a breach? The baby loses oxygen, is not able to breathe. Sometimes it can even lose life. And once that happens, then they're, they're looking to do something emergency like a cesarean to catch the cut open and get that baby out. So it's in taking the breath of life. So the importance of that humility is key. You know, having that uh, uh, showing that humbleness unto Yahweh. Read on. That's right. Mm -hmm. Go back to look at that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Ooh. The Israelites were given many ceremonies. Oh, we start right here. Um, they performed these ceremonies when the attitude of divine reverence, that is, by bowing the head, kneeling, having the arms folded, etc. These attitudes besought of the humility of their hearts and the sincerity of their desires that Yahweh Elohim would accept their offerings and their services. Witness the attitude of the fetus in the womb of its mother. It is also, it also has its head bowed, its arms are folded across its chest, its knees are flexed as in kneeling, and it is virtually upside down in his humility or humbleness, as if giving the greatest amount of reverence to his maker Elohim. The act of humility on the part of the Israelites was voluntary, for there is no humility in man. Mm -hmm. Paul says, says this about such voluntary humility. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. All true humility is in your Now, what do say here? Mm -hmm. See, that's the thought of mankind is that mm -hmm. the humbleness i'm a humble person i'm right. a your humility is not of your own it is natural for man to be vainly puffed up right in his mind mm -hmm. it doesn't even work so that's why it's saying right there all true humility is in yahshua the messiah that's right just like he has to be the one to seal you and keep you he's the one that allows you to be thankful and grateful and have an attitude of gratitude and have that thought of humility always in your mind Never even to think that whatever he's even giving you as a minister to be able to expound on, always keep it that it's a gift. You have not learned it of your own. You weren't smart enough. You didn't study more hours than this one to get it. It was a gift of Yahweh. That's why it's very important to always ask Yahweh to keep that humility in your heart. Mm -hmm. Read on. Man is all vanity. Therefore, man, man is all vanity, you guys. Mm -hmm. yep. If it is not for Yahshua, that would be us. Mm -hmm. He's still doing it to this day. I think sometimes I may have even thought this at one point in time. Yahweh is showing you something, you got the Holy Spirit, now you set. He is saving us every moment of every day. He's teaching us every moment of every day. We can never get to the point where we, are, we know so much. We're the one that always has something to say, always has to speak on. 
it is very important to be able to listen. That's been my prayer lately with, with Yahweh is speak to me, Yahweh, but not only speak to me, let me be able to hear you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Yahweh's always speaking to us. Are we listening? All true humility is in Yahshua the Messiah. Read on. Therefore, man must be born again to have true humility. Paul wrote, let this mind be in you, which was also in Yahshua the Messiah. Right, read. Who, be, mm, who being in the form of Elohim, thought it not robbery to be equal with Elohim, but made himself of no reputation and mm. took upon him the form of a servant. Now let's just talk about Yahshua. That's what Yahshua did. Mm. Took upon him the form of a servant. He came in lowly, riding on a donkey. Read on. And was made in the likeness of man. Made Obey. in the likeness of a simple old man. Read on. This is the and, savior mm -hmm. of the world. Mm -hmm. Read on. And being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself. The, the, listen to this. The mm -hmm. Messiah, who is the savior of the world, being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That humility, that's the end of the Messiah. And we puffed up in vain. You got the Messiah humbled himself to death for us. Mm -hmm. Read on. The humble position of the fetus in the womb is not man-made, mm -hmm. but it is of Yahweh. For Yahweh Elohim himself places the infant in that attitude. Therefore, Yahweh mm -hmm. Elohim himself through Yahshua the Messiah has to place you in the attitude of humility himself. Mm -hmm. Read on. In other words, it is humbleness which is made mm -hmm. without hands, and therefore it is represent representative of true or spiritual Yahshua, like humility or humbleness. Right. You just read that a little bit quickly, but I know we're mm -hmm. running out of time. <clears throat> Water baptism. According mm -hmm. to our Bibles, the earth was inundated or covered or baptized in water in the beginning of the creation. The right, and that's where you read where Yahweh separated the waters from above from the waters from beneath. Read on. The wicked people were drowned or baptized in the waters of the flood in Noah's time. Mm -hmm. The Israelites were baptized in the waters of the Red Sea. Right. And the Jews were baptized in the water by John the Baptist and his disciples. Now listen to <laughs> You hear this? <laughs> he says that they were wicked people were baptized in Noah's time. You had the baptism, the children of Israel baptized in the Red Sea. Now look at that. They were baptized in the Red Sea and didn't get wet. Walked through a dry gap. But they were still baptized. You see? And the Jews were baptized in water by John the Baptist and his disciples. Read on. <laughs> All of these baptisms in water... All of these baptisms in water were figurative of a burial. Did you know that? See, you have to remember that under Adam, all men died, right? It says that in Romans 5 and 12, because what happened back there in that garden? So all men died. So what do you do with dead men? You bury them, right? So that's why John the Baptist has to come in talking about, I indeed baptize you with water. Unto repentance. Why? Because they was all dead. So he was burying the dead men. <clears throat> so all of these baptisms in water are figuratively a spiritual representation of a burial. Read on. 
the whole creation of mankind has sinned from the time of Adam to the time of Yahshua the Messiah. Right. And we're dead spiritually. Mm -hmm. So it was John the Baptist's mission to bury these dead people by water baptism into, into Yahshua's death. And John would not baptize them unless they confessed their sins. Right. That they might be in the likeness of his resurrection. Yahshua, therefore, in fulfilling this, had to be baptized by John the Baptist as he was a representative of the whole Adamic race, and it behooved him to fulfill all righteousness. Mm -hmm. Thus, when Yahshua was baptized by John the Baptist, the whole human race from Adam to now were baptized in physical water. Wow. That's right. So when Yahshua, remember, he's fulfilling all the carnal ordinances. You see, so when he was circumcised, he circled, it, it picked up all everyone before and after. Mm -hmm. When he did water baptism, excuse me, picked up everyone before and after. <laughs> when Yahshua did it, it completed it, it finished it, never to be done ever more, ever again. Mm -hmm. Believe it thou this, if you only believe. Read on. Yahshua's physical water baptism took care of all mankind's physical water baptism. Now think yeah. about that. You getting mm -hmm. into physical water that can't even clean your body. You got to wash up every day. But this physical water is supposed to clean a man's spiritual conscience and soul and remove condemnation. And it don't even remove dirt off of you physically. That's why it's saying here. The Yahshua's physical water baptism took care of all of mankind's physical water baptism. Why? Because he did it in the physical, he made it reality in the spirit. That's why. Read on. He fulfilled physical water baptism and nailed it to his cross. And now it is a dead work. Dead work. You're doing a work that can't do nothing for you. Right. It's dead. Read on. And positively is not to be practiced anymore. Mm -hmm. We are now complete in Yahshua the Messiah, who is the fullness of the supernal nature. Okay. I'll skip that. The fact that our baptism is complete in Yahshua the Messiah and that it is done without hands, so to speak, let us look at the situation of the fetus in the womb. Mm -hmm. The fetus is definitely surrounded, covered, or baptized in water in the womb. What is that water? That amniotic fluid. It's like mm -hmm. the purest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they mm -hmm. say it is, I'm going to say purest. I think it's just spinal cord stuff. Is, but no, I know amniotic fluid is pretty pure. I do know that. You see what I'm saying? And you're inundated in it. You're surrounded in it. You are literally in. Like when a woman gives birth, what do they have to birth? If it doesn't mm -hmm. burst on its own, the doctor is bursting it for you. And that's the mm -hmm. water bag, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the child is inundated in water right there, baptized, which means to be inundated. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Not just in water, but in this particular form, it's in water, inundated. Mm -hmm. That child is right there in the womb being baptized. Mm -hmm. Read on. Furthermore, as the infant is born into the world, it is deluged with water. There are times when even a doctor is baptized with this water to say nothing about the infant. This water baptism of the infant as he is born into the world is to show that our physical water baptism is accomplished in the baptism of Yahshua. 
and mm -hmm. that there is no further need for another physical water baptism. To show the ridiculousness of another water baptism, let us look at the infant at the instant that he has received this deluge of water. Now, do we take this infant and plunge him again into water? No. What he needs now is to get air into his lungs or spiritual did. baptism. Now listen, and I'm going to finish with this. That is the process because we're still talking about Yahweh's pattern. It's threefold. You see, I mentioned in the beginning, Yahweh Elohim Yahshua. You see what I'm saying? Most holy place, holy place, court roundabout, blood, water, spirit, death, burial, resurrection. So they're talking about this in this childbirth. In childbirth, you're seeing a show of blood. You see what I'm saying? You're also seeing that water. We just talked about that water. Then it says after the child comes out and that water is expelled, you don't dunk the child back in water. It says what you're looking for is to see him to take on that breath of life or to take in that spirit, which is the air. Yeah, he's taking in that breath of life. That's what you're seeing for him to do now or her to do. You see, so you got to see blood, water, spirit. It's right there in the childbirth. Mm -hmm. What's he talking about? Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. This is his gospel. Remember I said, anything we talk about, butterflies, the earth, childbirth, you got to point back to Yahshua. Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. These three are what? Death, burial, resurrection, blood, water, spirit. This is the gospel, which is how you were saved. Read mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. This taking in of air at birth by the infant is tantamount to our, figure, to our figurative of being baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Therefore, wouldn't it be a heinous crime for a doctor to plunge him into water again? Yes, ye might drown him. So, so, on, so one can see that there is no need for water dunking before or after the infant has taken the breath into his lungs, mm -hmm. which means that there is no further need for water baptism before or after one gets the Holy Spirit. That's right. Mm -hmm. What do you need water baptism if you have the Holy Spirit for? Remember, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, who is Yahshua, accomplished it all. Right. So what are you still doing water baptism for? It was never given to you in the first place. If you weren't a Jew back there, that law was not given to you. And I'm talking about a natural born Jew. Right. So it was never given to you in the first place. If you weren't a natural born Jew, you were a Gentile which back there under that law, Yahweh wasn't dealing with Gentiles. He didn't do that until he grafted us in after the outpouring. You written in too. He's made a way for us too, you see? But we're accomplished in what he has done, not what we could do because we can't work upon our salvation. Read on. Mm -hmm. One does not bury a live person. That is murder. Mm -hmm. And that right. is just what we are doing when we perform the rite of water baptism murdering the people spiritually so by virtue of the fact that all of us receive a water baptism at birth done not according to man's evil, now look at but, that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we all received the water baptism at birth Yahweh accomplished it before you even came out of your mother's womb and there's nothing we can do in a physical baptism 
that will afford us eternal life. Read on. By virtue of the fact that all of us receive a water baptism at birth, done not according to man's edict, but according to Yahweh's. Then mm. there remaineth only a spiritual baptism, which is the receipt of the Holy Spirit to consider. Mm-hmm. This is accomplished by preaching the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, according to the scriptures, which baptizes or immerses one in his name. Mm-hmm. Let us quote Paul in his letter to the Col- Colossians. Ye are buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of Yahweh, who has raised him from the dead. Lord's Suppers. The Israelites were told to eat the Passover supper, feast of Passover, which consisted of roast lamb, unleavened bread, bitter herbs, and their own houses. The night of right. April. Now 4th. this is mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. The night of April fourteenth. This is mm-hmm. back here what would be considered the Passover. This is what they prepared to do right before they came up out of the land of Egypt, and Yahweh parted that Red mm-hmm. Sea. You see what I'm saying? They had that. They had a special meal, menu. Now, people that moved it up and turned it into the Last Supper, or as he says in here, the Everlasting Supper. And the menu is completely off of what the menu was back then. <laughs> okay, read on. And they were supposed to do this as a memorial each year throughout their generations. Yahshua himself, being a Jew, observed this Passover by eating it with his disciples in a rented room. Please note that the Passover Supper was never eaten in the temple or public places as so-called right. Christianism does today, but in one's own house. Eating right in your house. Why would that happen back there? You see what I'm saying? That's where, where's the holy? We just read that in the beginning. What, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Not that church, not the sanctuary. As we said, that's not where they did it at. They did it in their own house. You have to have Yahweh in you, in your own house, not fleeing out to the temple. He's in you. Read on. This eating of the Passover supper with his disciples is what is known throughout so-called Christendom as the Lord's Supper. And they various, various refer to it as the Last Supper. Well, why don't they let it be the Last Supper? The roast lamb which was eaten in Egypt was figurative of the Lamb of Yahweh, Yahshua the Messiah, who takes away the sins of the world. Paul says, Yahshua our Passover is sacrificed for us. Mm-hmm. So then, Yahshua fulfilled the ordinances of the Passover by being the sacrificial lamb himself. Right. You see, that? why you think they had to take a lamb out back there? It wasn't just the cute animal that they want, because he's the true lamb. That's why he has to come in. And when John the Baptist, who was his cousin, who was baptizing them dead Jews back there, saw him, he didn't say, what up, cuz? Right. He said, behold, the lamb of Yahweh which taketh away the sins of the world. You see what I'm saying? So they had a lamb back there. That lamb had certain attributes. You see, he was humble. His doctor went right to the slaughter. You see what I'm saying? He, he had no spot, no blemish. You see, he had to have certain things. That's why you got the Messiah coming in. He didn't fight going to that cross. He willingly, didn't we just read he was obedient to the cross? Even unto death? You see? All those things that he did, but he did that because he knew that that was the only way for us to have eternal life. <clears throat> the humility, when they brought him to Pontius Pilate, 
Pilate had to say, I find no fault in him. That's why that lamb back there they took out of Egypt had to have no spot and no blemish. He had to be faultless because Yahshua the Messiah was faultless. See, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but he wasn't sin. Read on. Mm -hmm. That is the reason that he offered his body and blood to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you, and my blood, which is shed for you. He was not, however, offering them his physical body and blood, for the flesh profiteth nothing. The words which he spoke to them were spirit and life. He thus did away with all physical Lord's suppers or Passover suppers with the offering of himself and the commandment to observe these Passover suppers throughout their generations mm -hmm. ran out at the time of Yahshua. He was the 63rd generation from Adam. For he said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Dang it, I never saw that. Wow, that's so pretty. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So when he bowed his head and the locks of his shoulders on Golgotha and said, it is finished, he meant that he had finished fulfilling all the law and the prophets right. and all the carnal ordinances and that thereafter all things would be spiritual. Right. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. Yes. When he, when he yielded up the ghost, he said, it is finished. That's what he's talking about. He has finished all the work that he mm -hmm. came in to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we still not talking about, I must be baptized. I must do mm -hmm. this. And he said it was finished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Read on. Mm -hmm. This fetus showing this eating of the Lord's Supper in a physical way ingests cellular elements while in the womb. And this is evidenced by there being a dark greenish substance in the bowels known as meconium. Meconium, mm -hmm. so much to the extent. Now, every mother that has gone through labor knows this. What do they tell you? Do not eat anything. You miserable mm -hmm. the whole labor because you can't eat anything in addition because they don't want any additional what? Meconium yes. developed. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. Now, you see it sometimes when a child is born, they may have that meconium, which a lot of people think is, you know, as like a you know, feces or something is what they correlate in their mind on the child's back. The reason why they don't want to do that is because if the meconium can sometimes be to subject you or the baby to infection mm -hmm. during childbirth. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. So now it's represented by this green substance in his bowel known as meconium. Read mm -hmm. on. This substance would not be present in the intestinal tract of the infant unless he had eaten or ingested it while in the womb. Right. And please note that since man did not prepare this meal for the infant, it most did, certainly... Do, do we prepare the meal for no. the infant? No. Mm -hmm. The mother eats, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes from the mother to the child. There's nobody in there preparing. You see? Read on. It most certainly can be called the Lord's Supper, for Elohim himself and him only prepared it for him. And furthermore, as the Passover supper was eaten at night, one must certainly know that it is dark within the confines of the womb when this is eaten. Yes. This is another one of those without hands deals. <laughs> Pointing to the spiritual eating of the Lord's suppers, which is accomplished when a true minister of the gospel of Yahshua preaches the word 
according and to the law of the prophets. Yes. They talk about how it is dark in the mother's moon. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? He said that Lord's Supper, that Passover Supper is what it really was. They had mm -hmm. to eat it in their home. You see what I'm saying? At night. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Yahweh accomplished everything. He said, it's in the mother's womb, it's dark. Yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> Yahshua is tight. A man cannot make this up. Right. Everything goes according to the pattern, which is Yahweh Elohim. Read mm -hmm. on, we just have a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it is received or eaten by all to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light or Holy Spirit in them. Right. Physical sacrifices. The Israelites were commanded by Moses to offer up all kinds of sacrifices, turtle doves, bullocks, lambs, rams, goats, etc. These were to be offered in faith that Yahweh would accept them as an atonement for their sins. And That's for what every they did mm -hmm. back there with that pattern. Mm -hmm. When they sinned, because we, we already found that out. Mm -hmm. When they sinned, I was breaking the spoken word of Yahweh, the law, the wages of sin were death. Yeah, right. So for them not to die, they had to bring an atonement, a sacrifice, and their stead to be sacrificed for them. That's what they were sacrificed back to on that altar we were showing you on the tabernacle pattern. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right? So they had to do that, and they said they had to do that continually. They were always sinning. Remember, we just gave you the example of the, uh, the circumcision in the Sabbath. You know, Yahweh put them between a rock and a hard place. That thing was opposed on them. It wasn't for them to keep it because they couldn't keep it. He had to be the one to keep it. So you put them between a rock and a hard place. That's and it was imposed on them. And they were sinning all the time. That thing was burning all the time and never went out. Never went out. You see? And they had to bring that sacrifice so that they wouldn't die. The story, you guys, was written all the way back there. All the way back there with the tabernacle pattern. And it showed. That for you to have life, because that's what we're going after, is life eternal, mm -hmm. more abundantly, something had to die for you to be saved. You do that every day when you're eating. That food that you eat, it had to die for you to have life. I'm a vegetarian. That plant you plucked up from its life source died so you could have life. Mm -hmm. All the amino acids and vitamins resurrected right in your body. You see? So that was written all the way back there. That sacrifice had to die for them to be able to live. Read on. And for every transgression that they committed, a sacrifice or offering had to be made. Mm -hmm. In addition to this, once each year, the high priest had to go into the most holy place with the blood of a bullock and offer it before Elohim for his own errors. Then That's the on a day of, of, mm -hmm. of atonement, I believe. Mm -hmm. He did that. He did. He offered up sacrifice of blood for the sanctuary, the cleansing mm -hmm. of the sanctuary, for his own sins and for the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They had to do that continually every year. Mm -hmm. And they would wait for that second night of flash in the most holy place mm -hmm. that we were showing on the tabernacle pattern. Mm -hmm. That was showing that Yahweh forgives their sins another year. Mm -hmm. Read on. Mm -hmm. With the blood of a bullock and offer it before Elohim for his own heirs, then for the heirs of the people, and last for the cleansing of the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. This was done by the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood. But Yahshua the Messiah, being not after the order of the Levitical priesthood, but after the order of Melchizedek, offered himself yes. once 
for all, and he reigns as high priest forever. More. That's what they said mm -hmm. about Yahshua the Messiah, is that he's a high priest forever That's after right. the order of Melchizedek. Why do you say after the order of Melchizedek? Because Melchizedek, if I'm not mistaken, they did not record his Lynch. beginning or end. Beginning or end. That's right. What Ooh. is that showing? It is showing its okay. principles. This is what we're trying to catch on to. Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are what are is eternal. He has mm -hmm. no beginning and no, no end. You can't say, my daughter asked me that once. What was before Yahweh? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. No other way to say that. Yahweh always was, always is. There's nothing before or after. It says that on that green chart, and I won't have you jump back, but it literally says that on the green chart. Mm -hmm. It has limits and bounds That's at right. the top. That's right. He is the limits. He's as far as you can go, and the bounds as wide as you go up to that. You can't go under him or beneath him. Look on top of him or look at him. You can't. Nope. You are with in him, it says, in him we live, move, and have our being. We can't get outside of Yahweh. Read on. Mm -hmm. So he's after the order of Melchizedek. That's, That's right. right. Mm -hmm. Melchizedek, they didn't record. It wasn't that Melchizedek was infinite. They just didn't record. Yahweh had it where they did not record his, his, the, his beginning and ending to show a, a principle mm -hmm. of everlasting. This pointing to Yahweh. That's why he says he's the high priest. Not after Levitical, but after the order of Melchizedek. And when he offered himself, it was one. That's right. See, Yahweh was not getting up on that cross again. When he did that, he did it once, and it accomplished everything that he, he came in to do. Read on. Mm -hmm. He gave up his blood and his life on Calvary and sacrificed himself for us all. His blood mm. cleanses us from all sin. The fetus in the womb shows this wonderfully, for it continually offers or sacrifices his blood or his life, for the blood is the life of the body. Through the, artery, the blood is the life of the body. Read on. Right. Through the artery of the umbilical cord to its mother. This blood, of course, is also continually replaced from the mother through the umbilical veins to the infant. Mm -hmm. Could there be a greater sacrifice than this? The giving Let me of tell you how tight that is. I'll use my own personal situation when I was pregnant. In my first trimester, I went through a thing where I was constantly sick, where I couldn't keep anything down. The doctor actually told me, the little bit of food that you're keeping down, all of that goes because I'm to the point now where I'm sick, almost like I'm not eating. And she says, every little bit of thing that did stay went to that baby. The sacrifice of love being made involuntarily to that baby. When a woman is pregnant, her body automatically does everything in its power to protect that fetus, to protect that embryo, to give it life to the point that it will cause the mother to suffer to give to the baby. They sure it says what manner of love, but to give this, to, to give it the sacrifice through the blood. Read Mm -hmm. Could there be a greater sacrifice than this, the giving of one's blood or life as a sacrifice? So, just as Joshua gave up his blood upon Calvary, the fetus also displays this in the uterus by giving up his blood, thus fulfilling all sacrifices. Now, mm -hmm. it is no longer physical sacrifices that one offers up, 
but now spiritual sacrifices. Paul wrote, ye also as lively stones are built upon a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up mm -hmm. spiritual sacrifices, not physical, acceptable to Yahweh by Yahshua, the Messiah. Spiritual sacrifices. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, what the sacrifice of Thanksgiving, how about that? Not a physical sacrifice anymore, but these are spiritual sacrifices that we're offering up to Yahweh that has to be acceptable to Yahweh and it's through Yahshua the Messiah or by Yahshua the Messiah. Read on. Mm -hmm. The Mosaic Ten Commandment Law. Yahweh mm -hmm. Elohim spoke the Ten Commandment Law to the Israelites in 1490 B.Y. before Yahshua when he had Moses to gather them around the Mount Sinai. This law, along with various sundry laws, was the governing or controlling body of the law for them. It was written on two tables of stone and placed in the Ark of the Covenant, being mm -hmm. symbolic of the new covenant placed or written in our hearts and our minds. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. shown on our cardinal ordinance chart. Mm -hmm. It says that that cardinal ordinance law was nailed to the cross by Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection. And now that law is written in the heart and in the mind. Mm -hmm. Read on. That's the Remember. New Testament. Mm -hmm. Remember that it was the second set of tables of stone with the law written on them that Moses placed in the ark. For he threw down to the ground and broke the first tables. Now this that's was... to something. Yes, when they yes. were out there in, uh, excuse me, in the wilderness of Sinai, and Moses was up there having that vision, Yahweh told him to get down. He was noise, war, and camp. That's when they built that golden calf. You see, and Moses whacked cops, and he broke those tables of stone. The second time he went up there, Yahweh had him hew out his own table of stone, bring him up there, and he wrote that law. You see, so now he's saying. That's the one that was placed in the Ark of the Covenant, showing that new covenant, new testament that Yahweh's making. Read on. This was done to show that Israel will break the first or Mosaic right. covenant, and that Yahweh will make a new covenant with them, which he will write not on tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of their hearts. Right. And number 10 stands for concreteness, typifying the unity of the spirit being manifested throughout the three ages, antediluvian, post-diluvian, and present, and all standing for the one Yahweh. Three times mm -hmm. three plus one equals 10. Right. The infant in the womb is also under a 10 commandment. Did you see what they just said? Three mm -hmm. times three mm -hmm. plus one is equaling 10. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. We got number 10 stands for concrete. It's solid. Typify. If you go back up, you get... The right. unity of the spirit, mm -hmm. Father, Word, Holy That's Spirit, right. three, right. being manifested throughout three ages, okay? Mm -hmm. You have antediluvian, mm -hmm. post-antediluvian is before the flood, post-diluvian right. after the flood, and present where we're at now, three, right. so three times three is nine, plus that one, you know what I'm saying? All standing for the one Yahweh, one true creator, equals ten. Now, I was going down showing you this 10 principle in this childbirth or in this pregnancy. Read on. The infant in the womb is also under a 10 commandment law. For it is now, the infant in the womb is under a 10 commandment law. How is, how is Yahweh fulfilling this? Read on. Mm -hmm. For is incarcerated in the womb for 280 days or 10 <laughs> I love that months. Word, right. Incarcerated. <laughs> right. Is incarcerated in the womb for 280 days. For 10 lunar months or 40 weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm telling you, Yahweh is tight. Yes, 
Everything goes according to the pattern. You do not learn this out in your church. Mm-hmm. It's just believe on God is God. Well, what is God? God is spirit. What is spirit? Spirit is God. Don't have any answer. But here you learn how everything goes according to the true archetype, original power, which is Yahweh, Elohim, and so. And nothing escapes this pattern. You see? So now this, this pregnancy is 10, 280 days or 10 lunar months or 40 weeks. Read on. Mm-hmm. While in the womb, these 10 months, it is developed or directed according to an infallible spirit law that makes its growth precede a certain predetermined course that will ensure a perfectly formed baby at the expiration of this time period. Right. Man, man does not have anything to do with this direction. Another, another one of without hands affairs. So seeing that the fetus is commanded to act in accord with the law of its development during the 10 months that is in the womb, it is, it is virtually under a 10 commandment law as the and law went say, forth each month I'm, to I'm direct sorry, this. It, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but isn't that what happened back there? Yes. They were under this law. Remember I said it was imposed on them to the time of reformation. You said they were governed by this law. You know, it's so in so much that they reference the law and everything. What thus saith the law? Right, right. It governed everything. You see what I'm saying? So it's saying in this childbirth that you're, the woman is going through this development of this pregnancy at a certain rate that cannot be deviated. It is growing and developing at a certain speed that by the end of 40 weeks, everything is developed for that child. Read on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so seeing that the fetus commanded to act in accord with the law of its development during the 10 months that it is in the womb, it is virtually under a 10 commandment law as though a law went forth each month to direct its development. We yeah. are no longer therefore under the 10 commandment law of Moses but under the law of the spirit of life, which was in Yahshua Messiah. And we are led and controlled by this law of the spirit, which is in us and directs us unerringly. Right. Now, remember back then, mm-hmm. they were back there looking at phylacteries to see what the state of the law. Right. He says that over there in Jeremiah 31, 31. He says, behold, the days come in Yahweh. I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not like the old one. You see what I'm saying? Now, no man is going to go walking around anymore. I'm paraphrasing because we're almost out of time. Saying, know you Yahweh. That's what they say. What what says the law? What says yes? And if a woman did this, didn't the law say she should be stoned? This is what they were doing back there. They said, no more longer doing that anymore. Now, Yahweh has put the law in you. So no man has to go to his neighbor and say, what thus says the law is in you now, you know, Yahweh right. wrote it in your heart. You see, that's why Moses had to bring up his own tables of stones, like him bringing his own heart. That's what we have to do, bring our heart to Yahweh. And then he writes in your heart. That's that invisible operation he talks about in here with the figure of the living Elohim. Mm-hmm. And he writes in your heart and he writes in your mind. And now mm-hmm. that fills you in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And once you're sealed, just like that fertilization with that egg, nothing can get in and nothing can get out. That's right. 
See, now he fertilized that egg and the, the birth of the Holy Spirit is being formed right within you. Mm-hmm. You see, now you're a new creature. You're a new man. What is it? Did he create a whole new person? No. The Holy Spirit was formed in you. Mm-hmm. You see, just like that woman doesn't know in the beginning that she's pregnant. If she's a drinker, she might still be drinking. If she smokes cigarettes, she might still be smoking. You see? And she's pregnant. Don't make her any less pregnant. But once she is conscious that there is a change that is taking place in her, now she must act accordingly. Once I found out I was pregnant, I had to go to the doctor. I had to get prenatal vitamins. I had to start eating differently. I had to start watching this. Now my behavior is a one that is pregnant. Read on. Uh-huh. Thus, we have shown how that all of the carnal ordinances, circumcision, ceremonies, water baptism, Lord's suppers, physical sacrifices, and the Ten Commandment law are fulfilled physically, are fulfilled by physically birthing typifying that they were all fulfilled by Yahshua in the flesh. When one is born, therefore, of the spirit, there is no more following of carnal ordinances, for such old things have passed away, and behold, all all, things are new. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's right. And that is what the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah has accomplished. Mm -hmm. We have been born spiritually, Mm -hmm. never to be dead again. You see, just like Nicodemus said, say, how can a man be born again? Go back to this mother's name? No, Mm -hmm. you're just carnal. Yahweh has made us born again spiritually. He's quickened us spiritually. You see, Mm -hmm. when he talked about their um, greater works will you do? You know, what's the Mm -hmm. greater work? Resurrected a man spiritually. You see what I'm saying? Because that man, Lazarus, back then was resurrected physically, wasn't he? He ultimately had to go right back to the grave. So what is it that we want to be resurrected at? We want to have newness of life spiritually in Yahshua the Messiah. And that's by the preaching of this gospel. This vision is the only true thing out in this world. And it's not through an organization, but it comes directly from the Messiah himself, who is the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, who is the giver of eternal life. And his name is Yahshua. And with those words, I'll say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for that, uh, Dr. Lewis. I think Yahweh gave you more energy than you thought you'd have. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, just to uh, uh, something that uh, this, the previous speaker talked about, and Yahweh, you know, of course, when you're in class, he shows you things. She talked about when that woman is pregnant and she knows that she's pregnant, she eats differently, she acts differently. And I was reading uh, Judges today and I was uh, listen, well, listening to my audio Bible and I was listening to the story of um, uh, Samson. And when you know she was barren and the angel of Yahweh came to her and said, you're gonna be with child and this is what you're gonna do, no strong drink. And I thought about that. I said, oh, even back then they knew not to drink wine when they were pregnant. Well, why is that? Well, we know from a spiritual standpoint, wine is considered or, you know, alcohol is considered a spirit. So you're not going to have, quote unquote, another spirit within that child because that child will be, will have the Holy Spirit. Samson was one of the judges um, of the children of Israel back then. But I thought that was really pretty. It's like once you know that the angel told her 
When you become pregnant, you will not drink any strong drink. Once you become pregnant and you know you're pregnant, you leave that stuff alone. You leave that spiritual stuff alone. How so do we, how, how is that from a spiritual standpoint? In the spirit, once Yahshua, the Messiah, has impregnated you with his spirit, like she was talking about, and that spirit is forming in you, you no longer drink of these cardinal ordinances or these other spirits or alcohols. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you and you are a new creature. She talked about how before Yahshua poured out his spirit, when a man, when a, uh, a man was swept and garnished, then the, the uh, more demons came back and the last state of that man was worse than the first. So when you're pregnant with the Holy Spirit, you don't, you don't partake of these carnal ordinances anymore or, the, or this alcohol. Why? Because alcohol inhibits your behavior and that's what it's called, an inhibitor. It inhibits your behavior or they call it a truth serum. Some people call it a truth serum. So see, Yahshua, the Messiah, once he's in you or once he's impregnated you, you no longer even desire these things anymore. You know how they say once you feel with the Holy Spirit and Yahweh has shown you the things of this world and how they truly are and how he truly is and actually exists, you don't even dream Jesus anymore. You have no need or no desire to perform any of these physical cardinal ordinances anymore because you are now pregnant with the Holy Spirit and we are all waiting to that great consummation or that universal revelation of Yahshua the Messiah so that we can give birth and shed or be circumcised of this physical body so that we can inherit our eternal or immortal bodies. And I think that it's just so pretty how Yahweh allows different brethren to come forth and share what he's shown them about this tabernacle or this uh, creation. So we call this green chart Thursday, not because we want you to go through something that's on the green chart. We call it green chart Thursday because we want you to think about all things science, anything science related, please feel free to reach out and go through that. Because as she said, Yahweh Elohim is the creator of all things. He created the entire creation. So the entire creation, we can't fit it on this green chart. So even if it's not there, feel free to go ahead and go through that because Yahweh Elohim is the creator of all things and all things have to go by the pattern or the archetype pattern, which is Yahweh Elohim. And I want to just give a uh, the last five minutes, and I know it's it's only five minutes to our visiting brother, uh, Dean, Dr. Terry Welsh from our Lansing, Michigan branch, if he's still on. Dr. Welsh, would you like to close us out, please? Okay. Um, what, uh, are we just, uh, when does the class time end? Uh, five minutes. Five minutes, okay, mm -hmm. all right, very good. I wasn't sure of the times because I had an old sheet here. Okay. All right, so, Let's, uh, I, I can just say I'm glad to be here and it's probably time to dismiss, I would assume, pretty much. But I'm glad to be with you. Thank you, Dr. Wells. We appreciate it. I'm glad you were able to stop by and join us. And uh, once again, remember, we have our green chart class every other Thursday. So our next one will be, I think it's the 7th, October the 7th. Um, is it the 7th? No, I think it's after that. 
Um, and we once again welcome any and all presentations. So if there is something that you would like to go through that's on the chart or something that's not on the chart that's science or you know related to science or anything like that, give me a call or send me an email and let me know. And we'll definitely be happy to let you have the floor and so that you can share with us what Yahweh has shown you about this great, beautiful tabernacle pattern and how everything goes according to the pattern. And do we have any questions before we dismiss? We got five minutes. Do we have any questions or comments? Dr. Rekmanovich, I see you're on. Did you have anything? Dr. Dye, did you have anything? No, okay. Well, I'm gonna ask, yeah. go ahead. I appreciate you going through that. It's, a, it's very refreshing, mm -hmm. you understand? It brings back memory. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Dye. <laughs> and we'll, we'll just ask our Dean to close us out just with a few words. Dr. Lewis? No, thanks. Thank you once again for your uh, participation on our visitors, mm -hmm. and especially for the brethren that takes the time and their energy and devotes the time to be able to go through the things on this green chart yes. and really, in effect, bring them to life. Because the things that we're learning by using this green chart applies to our everyday life and our physical existence that we are enduring and working with right now. So it's very easy to understand and recognize the power of Yahweh and that he does have a purpose when it's applied to our own physical presence and our own physical body, because that is undeniable. We cannot deny ourselves. And when we draw these similarities and these principles compared to the spiritual reality of our physical bodies, then it's indisputable truth. And you either have to accept Yahweh's purpose and his truth, or you have to suffer the consequences. It's uh, We're getting to that point in it now. So thank you very much for joining. And I appreciate the efforts by all the brethren that go through uh, everything that's necessary in order to put this on. Thank you yes. and good night. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. And our next green chart day will be uh, Thursday, October the 14th. Uh, the topic has not been determined as of yet. Once again, if you feel, if you have something that you would like to go through, if Yahweh puts it on your heart, please reach out. We're definitely welcome any topics that want to be, um, that you would like to share. And we hold our classes here every Tuesday and Thursday from 11, I'm sorry, from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. We once again enjoy, uh, welcome and, and appreciate all our visiting brethren visiting with us. We are always happy to see you and we do appreciate your participation. Now we'll go through our doxology, which is giving reverence to our Savior, Yahshua Messiah. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty mean and power before all time now and forever let us all say hallelujah hallelujah